7.42. Now, they couldn't be much more different. The explosive Volcán de Fuego and the oozing, almost slow-motion Kilauea. The former has led to dozens of deaths in Guatemala since Sunday. Um, at least 75, but um, possibly um, as high as 200 still missing. Uh, that, that number's been moving around. That The reality is officials just don't know how many people are missing. They say they're going to search until they find the last missing victim, but then they also admit they don't know how many victims there are. Um, and the, the latter in Hawaii has been sluggishly swallowing all in its path, but obviously giving plenty of warning on its way. Let's find out more with Dr. Robin Andrews, science and policy writer at IFL Science in London. Thank you for joining us. Hello, thanks for having me. Well, certainly these volcanoes give us plenty of opportunity to study a a couple of very different geological phenomena, don't they? Uh, They do, yeah. Um, Like you said, they couldn't be more different and, uh, you know, the, the interesting thing about the eruption in Hawaii, uh, which, by the way, is, is technically taking up only a small portion of the of Big Island, uh, is, is, as you say, slightly more karma. It's obviously causing a lot of damage and and harm, uh, infrastructurally speaking. But because of its slow progression, it's, you know, a lot kind of safer to study. The one in Guatemala, at Volcán de Fuego, clearly took people by surprise. And there are a few reasons behind that. Um, and obviously far more deadly. Uh, so, yeah, very different. And and just to get a brief overview as to why that is the case, I know a number of media outlets mm. have been trying to answer this question, but um, the, the actual magma is different. But we're also being introduced to terms like pyroclastic flows. I dare say many of us would not have been aware of that term previously. Yeah, and then that's... <clears throat> In a way, that's kind of a good thing because you know ten- you only tend to become aware of pyroclastic flows when they uh, when they kill people. Unfortunately, um, pyroclastic flows are are formed as a result of you know very explosive eruptions. They there are very there are various ways in which they can form. The ash column that is produced can collapse, or the vent can kind of boil over, uh, and you know they are they are incredibly fast moving. Uh, sort of clouds of, of superheated gas and ash. Uh, they can go up hills. They can sort of bounce across water sometimes. And, uh, you know, obviously uh, the horrific situation in Guatemala shows they can certainly kill a lot of people. And, um, you know, in, in, in an instant. And, uh, you know, pyroclastic flows are, uh, uh, you know, um, you wouldn't really see this. Uh, Hawaii, it's a very different kind of magma, especially now it's very fluid. It, uh, you know the volcano is tapping very fluid, um, gas-rich, ga- gas-rich magma, uh, which is causing a lot of spectacular fire fountaining, uh, but it's also causing very slow, ponderous lava flows, which you can walk out the way of, but you know they will still swallow your home. So very, very different threats. Yes, indeed, they yeah. will swallow your home. You can't just quickly or even slowly move a home. But even with the <laughs> no. situation in Kilauea, the, there were earlier reports before um, the fire volcano or Volcán de Fuego started stealing the headlines of um, how, for example, when uh, the, wa- the, the, the molten lava was hitting the ocean in Hawaii, it was releasing this mm. uh, very dangerous... Uh, ash clouds of, of, of tiny glass particles, for example, and, and other things that you wouldn't want to be breathing in. So that there are all sorts of secondary considerations, yeah. it seems. 
Yes. Um, in fact, uh, you know, one, one of the one of the problems with uh, the eruption in Hawaii is that there are quite a few different threats, and trying to get people out the way and get you know, you know, get messages to them. I mean, sometimes people get trapped by lava flows, and then actually the USGS, which is doing amazing work, by the way, uh, actually rescued someone using a drone to guide them out of the way of one. But you know, what you're referring to there is called lays. Uh, Vulcan are just been quite keen on portmanteaus, and that's just sort of volcanic haze, and it has killed people before in the past. Uh, I think two people in the year two, uh, 2000, but normally people with pre-existing respiratory conditions. But yeah, the USGS strongly advises you to stay away from the coast and anywhere that's emitting a lot of sulfur dioxide, again, which can cause respiratory problems. As for the situation in Guatemala, just to flip back to that one, Mm. one of the reasons why it's been apparently so dangerous is that this has been a very active volcano for more than a decade, what, about 15 years or so? Uh, It entered a new period of activity, and people had got used to it just being active but not particularly dangerous, so they were apparently caught by surprise. Yes, and that is, that's, that's one of the problems. I mean, it's very hard to kind of outrun a pyroclastic flow anyway, and people always live around volcanoes. But, um, yeah, it does seem that they were caught by surprise. It's very hard to kind of predict when that kind of explosive, explosive eruption would happen, especially on a volcano that's not as well monitored as, say, many American volcanoes are. Um, I think there, there have been about 79 eruptions at that thing, dating back to the 16th century. Uh, the most recent was in... 1974, when pyroclastic flows did appear, they generally sort of wiped out crops in the area. Uh, but the, the flows produced here are quite extensive. I don't know if you've seen videos of people actually standing around on bridges and filming them as they're coming towards them. That's an incredibly dangerous thing to do. You should always get out the way. But it kind of also hints that maybe people there aren't as well, um, aren't as aware as the threats of these. So it might be an educational, uh, you know, public awareness problem too. So it's probably a combination of things, really. Um, but yeah, with really tragic consequences. Dr. Andrews, thank you very much for joining us today. Great to have your expertise first up. Thanks. Um, so Dr. Robin Andrews there, science and policy writer at IFL Science in London. Uh, just looking at Reuters for one of its latest updates uh, in the last couple of hours, suggesting an estimated 85 people dead in Guatemala, some 200 missing. But as I said, this so-called volcano fire has been very unpredictable and no one really knows exactly how many people were were in that area uh, or who are missing. It does sound rather chaotic, doesn't it? Um, but... The Hawaii situation was what drew our attention for, it felt like weeks, didn't it, uh, before we had this Volcán del Fuego eruption. So let's um, focus a little bit on the situation in Hawaii, where the, the lava has not only been filling in and causing the evaporation of Hawaii's biggest lake, but also reshaping the coastline of the Big Island. Dr. Wendy Stovall, volcanologist at the United States Geological Survey Volcano Hazards Programme, also joins us on the line. Good morning to you from Seoul. Thank you. Good morning. And just to reiterate, we haven't had any reports of loss of life directly as a result of the Kilauea eruption. What um, was it that allowed such a, a good preparatory period there? Was it the earthquake that preceded the eruption, which prompted mandatory evacuations? Was it the fact that people had seen this coming in the last few years and and, and so the Big Island was prepared? What's your view? 
Well, I think that in Hawaii, um, certainly the eruptions are, are a different style than what people are dealing with um, at, at Fuego Volcano in Guatemala. Uh, the eruptions from the Kilauea Volcano in Hawaii are typically lava flows, and those move relatively slowly as compared to like the, the pyroclastic flows or like the ash, the fast-moving ash clouds that, that have impacted people in Guatemala. So that's one aspect is that the hazards are, are well-known, um, well-reported on. There's a continuous eruption that was occurring from the volcano for 35 years, and it just happened that the eruption location changed. Uh, it did It did occur in people's backyards, quite literally, in a neighborhood. And there were some uh, signs that the volcano was going to produce lava on the surface in those areas. And, and when lava finally did appear, there was a very rapid evacuation of residents from that area. So people had not necessarily even left before um, the eruption occurred, but because it was this lava type of eruption that produced, you know, just some small lava flows at first that stayed really close to the, the vent that was erupting them, um, it didn't it didn't impact people in a major way. The, there's been one injury so far that we know of, and that was because a person was too close, uh, you know, kind of being a, a volcano tourist, as it were, and, and they were too close to to the uh, active eruption site, and a giant clot of lava flew through the air and landed on their body. Um, so they were they're hospitalized for severe burns. Yeah, I, I mean, that doesn't sound like a good idea. But for most of us, we wouldn't no. have got anywhere near a volcano. How, how much heat does this kind of lava emit? How close do you have to get to feel that? You don't have to get very close, actually. I mean, if you're if you're at if you're next to a lava flow, um, lava flows are really good at insulating themselves, and they the, the type of lava flows that occur in Hawaii anyway they they are very hot when they come out of the vent. So you know, a thousand degrees centigrade or close to two thousand degrees Fahrenheit, and when they as they move across the landscape, they cool very quickly on their surface and. You know, someone could stand on the top of a lava flow that was really only just an hour old or less, <laughs> possibly. But the heat is intense, and you know, it will it will melt boots or clothing when we're out in the field doing doing our work. We wear cotton clothing because synthetic fibers can can melt in heat at the temperatures that we're dealing with out there. So. It's uh, it's intense. You do have to get up close to a lava flow from a, from a lava fountain, which are really just jets of lava that are shooting up out of a vent through the ground. The temperatures are higher because, or, or it's, you can't get as close, rather, because the there's no solidified, hardened surface that's keeping that, you know, really high heat difference between the, the interior of the fountain, the hottest part of the fountain, and then, you know, the air around it. We luckily have technology to help out in the study of these uh, volcanoes, including drones. Footage taken at the end of May shows the crater's vent at Kilauea has expanded from 12 to 120 acres. What a huge... I mean, it's 10 times the size since early May alone. And uh, is it not possible that uh, the nature of this volcano could be changed through this process? Or, or, Or is this slow-moving ooze pretty much fixed in its geology? 
So the the thing about the, what's going on in Kilauea is there's actually two different eruptions happening at the same time that are separated um, by like 40 kilometers as the as the crow flies, and the the vent that you're talking about now, where we have the drone footage from May 31st, that's at the summit of the volcano, which is producing ash, not as much ash as the, the Guatemala um, eruption. But there are some ash eruptions happening from there. And then, you know, 40 kilometers away, there's this massive lava flow that's taking out towns um, and, and neighborhoods. So there's two different processes occurring. And, um, we we do expect both of them to continue for a while. It's it's hard to say exactly for how long uh-huh. because we've seen these types of eruptions happen at Kilauea before and you know, in some cases they've lasted the lava flows have lasted for a few months, um, or a few years. <laughs> Hopefully we're not in that situation. Um we're thinking more of the line line of the month time frame. And at the summit, um, these explosive events we think will continue as long as the volcano itself, so that big crater that, that grew 10 times in size, is continuing to sink. And as long as that sinking action is there, there's a lack of pressure at the summit now because the lava drained, or sorry, the magma drained away. And as long as that sinking is present, we expect there to be lots of earthquakes and continued explosive eruptions, putting ash into the atmosphere and affecting the communities downwind. Well, thank you so much as well, Dr. Stovall, for joining us today. Yeah, no problem. Thank you for, thank you for having me.